2: Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you had a good weekend. To my great luck, I did. Worked very hard, actually, this weekend. There was the Jewish New Year, which actually is the world's New Year, as I explained. The Jewish belief is that the world was created on New Year, not that it is just a New Year for the Jews and I conducted services, I will be doing it again. Yom Kippur, if you're interested, whatever your religion or no religion, go to pragerhighholidays.net, pragerhighholidays.net. I explain everything that goes on. Uh, basically stand for four hours. It's a long service, but I, I learned very early in my career that if you're interesting it's never too long and if you're boring it's never too short. It's never short enough, let's put it that way. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what people want. They want to be interested. That is the key to all communication by the way. I learned that when I was a kid and I remember asking myself when I had a boring teacher, does he know he's boring? A very interesting question about people who are boring. Do they know it? And I suspect that the answer is no. Well, welcome to the show. I will be having the superintendent of education of the state of Oklahoma on. He has been the recipient of a massive amount of hate uh, because he has opened Oklahoma schools to PragerU videos. PragerU videos are just simply wholesome. That's what they are. That's why the left hates them. And they hate them. There is no left-wing major medium, and there is no, there is no medium, period, that is mainstream, which is, means all left, that has not accused us, for example, of defending slavery and of me being a, a a white nationalist can you imagine that a white nationalist i knew that the struggle to do good in life would entail difficulties but i will admit i never realized what headwinds one one sails into when one wants to do good in life the The forces of destruction are so powerful in the, apparently in the human being, people who actually think you are a hater, if you don't think teenage girls should have their breasts removed, if they say they're boys, you are a hater. They are lovers of these girls. We are the haters and that is believed at the new york times and the washington post and cnn and npr do, do you realize that if you went to college and you took it, and you took courses in the humanities and not just stem science technology engineering math the odds are you believe that too you believe that people who oppose girls having their breasts removed when they are a teenager that these people are haters here i'll give you I'll give you uh, the latest Proof. Let's see, what is this? Microsoft Office has identified a potential security concern. You have to be kidding. Oh my God. This is from uh Breitbart. BBC Radio scraps Irish singer. Sean, are you familiar with her? Roisin? No? R-O-I-S-I-N, well, Roisin Murphy, after she called out puberty-blocking drugs. The BBC has removed an Irish singer from a prepared feature radio broadcast following leftist backlash over her opposition to children being put on puberty-blocking drugs. That's really something. Roisin Murphy, an Irish singer-songwriter formerly of the pop duo Moloko, has become the latest figure of hate for the woke transgender movement after a private post on Facebook criticizing the radical practice of presenting hormone-altering drugs to children was leaked onto social media by a friend last month. Puberty blockers are effing absolutely desolate, big pharma laughing all the way to the bank, Murphy wrote. Little mixed-up kids are vulnerable and need to be protected. That is just true. Please don't call me a turf. TERF is trans-exclusionary radical feminist. You know, they destroy everything that they touch the left. Everything. Did I say everything? Let me repeat it. Everything. From medicine to art to sports. They destroy everything. That's all they do. But there is one thing that they build. Vocabulary. Uh, I'm telling you they're geniuses at terminology. A turf is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. In other words, you're a feminist, but you uh, have problems with the idea that sex is not binary, or as they put it, gender. A distinction that they made up, incidentally. Please don't call me a turf. Please keep using the word. Please don't keep using the word against women. She added, in reference to that slur, used by the woke left against women who oppose the trans movement. After her post was leaked, a wide backlash ensued, with the left-wing Guardian newspaper declaring that Murphy's latest release had been compromised, quote-unquote, for many fans over her views, adding that, quote, for many fans, particularly queer fans, this album is DOA, Dead on Arrival. Well, I don't understand. What does this have to do with being gay, uh, which is the term I think queer is meant to mean gay here? I, By the way, I, I wish I had a recording at least 10 years ago I asked why there was a T added to LGB. It has nothing to do with it. Why, Why are gay groups aligned with people who deny that sex is binary? What does that have to do with being gay? The answer is nothing. Nothing. That means that the gay groups, as opposed to every individual gay... Are as interested in tearing down the norms of society as uh, the trans activists. That's what it means. Since there are quite a number of gays in my life, including on the board of directors of Prager U, I know that this is not true for all gays, but it is true for the activists. She, gay activism achieved its greatest single ends. greatest single end was same-sex marriage, but it didn't stop them for a day of trying to undo civilizational norms like the idea that you are born into a sex and you cannot leave it. You can pretend to leave it, You can do staggering amounts of surgical work on your body. You can take a new name. You can act a certain way. But you are not it. A white cannot become a black by acting such, or a black a white. It is fixed. Ironically, it is less fixed than sex. The Guardian went on to defend the usage of the often life-altering drugs without acknowledging the growing amount of evidence of physical harm caused and that countries such as the UK have recently placed heavy restrictions on providing them to children. Then this week, BBC's Radio 6 scrapped a planned five-hour set of Murphy's songs, concert recordings, and interviews, Replacing her feature with rapper Little Sims, the BBC has claimed that the decision was not inspired by the controversy surrounding the Irish singer but rather to promote upcoming spoken word and rap programming. yeah, it's very hard to believe anyway that's what i that was my living example here of what happened. Well, if you go against the grain on this subject, cancel culture. There's no example of left being in power anywhere since the Russian Revolution and not engaging in cancel culture. <music> Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate more than gold and silver. What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mentioned him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin & Bullion 800-221-7694 AmericanFederal.com AmericanFederal.com
0: you, my friend helping hand you in my time of need whenever I'm down.
2: The left is so vile and so sick, it is equally sick as vile. That, that, that is a big a big problem with the left. This is from The Telegraph in London. No meat, no dairy, and three outfits a year. Welcome to Sadiq Khan's plan for London. C-40, a global group of city mayors chaired by Sadiq Khan, has a radical vision of net zero that critics say will restrict personal choice. Restrict personal choice. <laughs> how about will be totalitarian and will destroy everything we cherish? Picture this scene. You have just made it through the door from work, although not by car because private vehicles no longer exist. You change out of your work clothes into something more comfortable, perhaps one of three new items of clothing you are allowed to buy every year. Then it's downstairs for dinner, since all this virtue is hungry work. But don't forget that meat and dairy are off the menu, so instead you might like to daydream about getting away from it all, only to remember that you used up your quota of one short haul return flight every three years. You used it up last summer. This is the radical vision of net zero future dreamed up by C40, a global collective of city mayors chaired by Sadiq Khan, which advocates extreme measures to have HALV to have greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 and limit global temperature increase to 1.5 degrees centigrade. Of course, what happens in in England uh, won't matter. It, at all, basically. This is because these people only know how to destroy. He's another sick human being, this Sadiq Khan. But I blame people who voted for him. Th- this notion that a handful of people are doing all the evil is not true. A handful of people are doing all the good. But it is not a handful of people that are doing all the evil. A pe- people vote for Gavin Newsom. People vote for London Breed. People vote for these district attorneys that let uh, violent criminals out. These people are voted in. You are as morally responsible if you vote Democrat as all the damage being done. Oh, but Trump, 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 Trump. That's it. That's the answer, Trump. But if there's no Trump, the answer is DeSantis. If there's no DeSantis, the the answer is Rawaswamy or whatever the candidate will be. The mayor of London is no stranger to pushing the dial on climate change. His unrelenting expansion of the Ulez ultra-low emission zone in August faced down major criticisms from affected businesses, disadvantaged citizens, and vigilante vandals. Kind of showing no sign of slowing down this week, plans were unveiled to lower the speed limit to 20 miles per hour on a further 40 miles of roads in London. Hmm. Since December 21, he has led C40, which is made up of the mayors of 96 cities from six different continents. It spends its time conducting research, holding conferences, and drawing up climate action plans. It was originally founded by then-labor mayor of London, Ken Livingstone, in 2005. The, uh, I guess, well, labor mayor, okay. It merged the following year with similar bodies set up by former U.S. President Bill Clinton and its current board member, President Michael Bloomberg, the U.S. billionaire. Its website lists the British Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office as a major funder among several other governments, charities, and multinational companies. There it is. Cities would slash their emissions by 2030. Citizens' consumption habits were its central focus. Its more radical suggestions involved no less than, ready? Here we go. The abolition of private vehicles, the prohibition of meat and dairy consumption, the rationing of new items of clothing to three each per year, and the restriction of short-haul return flights to one every three years. Wow. I'm wondering, is there any Democrat in the United States who knows this? The desire to remain ignorant of the damage done by the left is universal among Democrats, or they wouldn't stay Democrats. They don't know this. And maybe they would accept it. Yeah, I won't drive. I'll drop meat and dairy. I'll buy three changes of clothing a year. I'll fly once in three years. What? What if your ch- What if your children live in? A, let's say you're a Brit. You're a Brit, and your children live in the United States, or your child. How do you visit? You can only do a short haul flight, and that's only once in three years. How do you visit? Will th- will Will they allow ships to? Sale, And will that be the only way? If this doesn't unleash violence, then I would be surprised. I'm not advocating it, but it's hard to imagine that in America there are that many sheep. There might be. The lockdown's proved it that there is no anger at teachers unions on the part of most Americans the most damaging institution of children outside of the uh, gender dysphoria therapists and doctors in children's hospitals it's amazing the teachers got away with ruining children they got away with it i you know i've i've always wondered about myself, what brings me greater joy? This is a purely emotional question. It's not rational. When the good are rewarded or the bad are punished. Talking about reward and punishment, major day coming up next Sunday night and Monday. Go to PragerHighHolidays.net and join me. Well, I talk about the outliers who are doing good. Here's an example of an organization. National organization designed to engage and educate Latinos on the issues of economic freedom and empowerment. And that is the Libre, or Libre, Libre initiative. The CEO is Jose Malea. Libre is on the ground around the country educating Latinos about the economy. So here's my 64,000 uh, peso question. <laughs> I'm just being a little naughty. Uh, but <laughs> ser- seriously, I, I, uh, I'm asked as a Jew all the time, why do Jews vote on the left? Uh, a perfectly legitimate question since there is nothing in common between leftism and Judaism. So why do Latinos vote left when there's nothing in common uh, between their aspirations and the Democratic Party?
1: That is a great question, Dennis, and I think we have the answer for you. So, first of all, Latinos are incredibly different, depending on what part of the country you're in, where they come from, when they got here, how they got here. So, in some communities, we have Latinos that vote Republican, and they vote conservative, and they vote for free market values, and so on. But in other communities, it's, it's a couple of things. One of them is... There are some very effective messaging organizations on the other side, right, on the left with a progressive agenda or a a more, you know, anti-free market agenda that engage these communities right away. The minute that people arrive, these folks are talking to them. They're telling them that, hey, the American dream here is dead, and the only way you're going to get ahead is by relying on government, and we are here to help you get there by providing you all this assistance. Then there's organizations like ours, right? We're in the community, and we're engaging with communities across the country in 13 states— And we're telling them, hey, you came here for opportunity. You came here for freedom. You came here for a better life for your children. These are the policies that will give you that, you know, supporting free market principles, fighting for more educational choice, you know, better options in healthcare, whatever it is. And it resonates. It connects right away. So suddenly they realize, hey, I need to inform myself. and I need to vote for leaders that support these policies. We're seeing the impact of that. And you're seeing it uh, across the country, obviously in Florida, not just in the Cuban American community, but in other communities that. Uh, have come here, you're seeing that in the Puerto Rican community, in Orlando, you're seeing some of that uh, because of the broken economic system in in Puerto Rico, for example. And you're seeing it on the border, right, where people are realizing, hey, these policies are failing, these border security, uh, there is no security at the border, our communities are a mess, and we need to vote for people who are going to bring that to us. Um, But so many things, uh, Dennis, even energy, right, the energy, the war on energy that's taken place with this administration. It's incredible how they don't they're, they're completely tone-deaf to the aspirations of the Latino community, and not just the energy cost, but the fact that these are high-paying jobs in communities where Latinos work in, the, in these sectors. And so we go to them and we explain to them, hey, these policies is what's hurting your ability to get ahead and to have all these great opportunities open up for you.
2: It's very hard to counter free things. Every conservative on this planet who runs for office, has the almost insurmountable obstacle of not promising people as much as leftists do. And it's like asking addicts to deny themselves alcohol or drugs. So once they come here and they start getting things for free, you're going around and saying, oh, you don't want things for free. You you want opportunity. Isn't that an uphill battle?
1: Here's the thing. Most of them, look, I've never in my life, in my entire life, I grew up here. I was born here. I've been in immigrant communities my whole life because I grew up in communities of people coming here from all over all over the world. I have never met someone that said, I came to the United States because I wanted public assistance. Not once. You know, If you want that, go to Europe. Right? It's easier to get to Spain, and in Spain, they'll give you public assistance immediately. 99% of the people I've engaged with have always said, I came here because I want my children to have a better life. I came here because I want to fight for the values of freedom, right? Especially they come as exiles from places where freedom was taken away from them, or even in these, these countries where their economies are just so destroyed that they're looking for opportunity here in the United States. Now we at at the lever initiative are doing our part to educate people. And we're also trying to understand what they're thinking. I'll I'll give you some examples real quick. We did a national survey of a thousand people. We released it two weeks ago. And in that poll, we found that 79% of Latinos have a negative view about the economy. They're realizing that the economic story that's being told to them from the current administration, from the Biden administration, that things are great, the Bidenomics arm is working. They know that that's a lie. They have a pessimistic view of the job that the president is doing and the direction that the country is going in. And so that opens the window for someone to come in and say, here's a better, here's a better option, here's a better way. And I think that's what we need to do. There, we, we, that was All right, hold ago.
2: hold it there. I want people. Where, where would where do we want to send people to learn what you're doing? Believe. dot B l i b r e. Back in a moment. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as twenty nine ninety eight, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 Mattress Topper, MyPillow Kitchen Towel Sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code KREGER. Talking about the Hispanic... Community in the United States, if there is even such a thing. There is so much I want to ask my guest. It, it, it's really remarkable when you think about it. Jose Malay is the CEO of Libra, which means, of course, free, L I B R E. And you should go to Libra dot org, find out what they're doing. The, the left has so conquered everything that they even have me saying, I'm, I'm actually embarrassed that I said Hispanic community. I mean, what, what does, seriously, other than Spanish, what, what does someone from Cuba and someone from Argentina have in common?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a shared language, obviously, but there is a shared set of cultural values, um, a shared set of principles when it comes to, you know, the role of the family in people's lives, uh, how they perceive that family unit. And Latinos care a lot about family. I think that's the one thing that, that you would find that ties people together. Um, and, and that's not uncommon, That's not just unique to the Latino community. That's unique in other places. Uh, but there are differences of the backgrounds that people have. Someone from Cuba probably comes here, came here multi, a generation ago, came here as an exile, fleeing communism. Someone from Cuba coming today might be fleeing some form of oppression, but they're also looking for a better economic uh, opportunity, right? So it's a very different... Um, yeah, it's one term that defines a lot of people who have different backgrounds. And different well, here's
2: places. an interesting question. Is a Brazilian and Hispanic? They don't speak Spanish.
1: No, you know, they're not. They're not. Technically, they wouldn't class. So that's why the Latin term gets used, too. Uh, the Latino community does does include the, the Brazilian population. But look, I think at the end of the day for Libre, the, the, one of the main goals, kind of to that point, is for people to understand what are the things that have made America exceptional, the real history of our country, right? The fact that this is a great country where you can come, doesn't matter where you were born, what your last name is, who your parents are. And if you work hard enough, you can get ahead in this country. You know, your kids can have a better opportunity than you had. And that makes us unique in the world, right? And I think that's what Libre is talking to the community about, those principles of human progress that they need to defend. Um, People get it. And that's going back to what you were talking about a second ago. When you show them this and we have these community events all across the country, we explain to them what we do, it immediately connects. Right? You don't have to convince them of something that feels right to them. So
2: I asked you why, in light of the values that you articulated, they still vote Democrat. So I, ha- I, I, one thought I have is the, the dominance, and tell me if I'm wrong, I, I pray I'm wrong, of Telemundo and Univision as the media of the spanish-speaking community
1: yeah that is a big one uh dennis i'm not going to lie to you there the 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 national news networks have been dominated by left uh left organizations messaging that's biased um and we are trying to change that so what we're doing instead of running away from that we're engaging with univision saying guys you need to have a different voice you need to bring balance to that station or that network at a national level we are going to be running ads for example during the next uh, presidential debate. Univision is a co-anchor with Fox Business. During the next Republican presidential debate, Lee...
2: Oh, you're breaking up. He broke up. He died. No, God forbid. His transmission died. Well, yeah. That's a first. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go to org. Be org B-E-L-I-B-R-E. It is amazing how they have taken over, uh, uh, just as uh, they've taken over the New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post. So, uh, are, are we back, Jose? Is that is that the good back, news? Back. Yeah. All right. Sorry about
1: that, but we, we're 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 going to fight on those on those uh, networks for airtime. Well, can right? you can
2: you get on? Will somebody interview you on Univision? <laughs>
1: They do. And, and there are some folks there that have been that are that are open to the idea of balance and having uh, objectivity. Uh, and so they do get us on to, to bring on our perspective. But it's not enough. We need to do more as an organization. We need to do. We need to be everywhere. We need to be on radio. We need to be in digital media and we need to invest um, in this in this market. Those are the only two options, but maybe even find a way to create a third option right, or a second option. That's a little bit more right of center than their point of view.
2: Do, does the average? I I believe the answer is no. I'm I'm telling you that. Uh, I hope I'm wrong again. Yeah. I don't believe. By the way, I don't think the average Caucasian or or Anglo uh, uh, Democrat knows what is being done to kids in the name of of trans rights. Uh, if Latinos knew that girls are having their breasts removed uh, at the at the age of eighteen and some at 16, because they say they're boys, and that the Democratic Party is unified in in massive support of this, I think it would have a real impact on Latinos.
1: I think it has already, and we see that when we talk to people in the community. Even though we promote economic freedom and all these other issues, they want to talk about these things because they're scared, right? They're seeing this on the news. They're worried about how this is going to impact their children. Um, and so we have had... A lot of folks will come to our events and tell us, hey, what's going on with this? You know, I want to learn more about it uh, because they don't want that happening to their kids. And, you know, Senator Cruz was was with us last week and he talked about this and anecdotally how in Texas he has seen a lot of Latino communities uh, that maybe weren't engaged at all. Or maybe were voting the other way. Suddenly realize, hey, this is a a violation of my my right as a parent uh, over my kids, especially if it's happening in in a school system. Right. Uh, parental rights are important this stuff is super sensitive uh and and very scary for these parents who like you said might not know about it but the minute that they do they want to get engaged and they want to understand how they can help uh, you know vote for the right folks who are going to give keep their rights and honor well, respect
2: their- you're doing great work all right so thank you uh, jose I, you want folks to go to B. that's be dot libre.org correct
1: Check out the poll findings. Uh, one piece of optimistic news: the Republican candidate, if the election were held today, would receive forty-two percent of the Latino vote. The Democratic candidate, fifty-eight. That's only a sixteen. point That's gap. huge, boy. Do and I like
2: a, good news?
1: That's good news. In twenty twenty, it was sixty-five thirty-two. That is a sixteen-point swing towards the Republican candidate. Well, Meaning, this
2: this has to worry the destructive party. That's what absolutely the this, says, this does worry the them
1: talking about these issues we have to keep promoting this well,
2: message. You you keep up the great work my friend. Pleasure you, and Senator. pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. That's why they by the way that you just learned in a nutshell why they shut us down. Why they don't they try to block even Robert George the professor from Princeton. He was just screamed down at a university as distinguished a conservative as, as exists in America. Hi everybody, hope you had a good weekend. Dennis Prager here. Here is truly a sign of our times. Remember, the left destroys everything it touches. So, of course, like the proverbial, what is it, the, is it the lobster that's boiled alive? The frog, yeah, the frog, yeah. And when it's, it doesn't realize it's being boiled until too late. So, here's here's another example of the boiling of the water by the the left. Senate drops dress code enforcement as John Fetterman continues to work in shorts and sweats. So here's a good example of what I said earlier. The Democrats are destroying the country just as they did uh, during the time of slavery and just as they did during Jim Crow, just as they did when they established the Ku Klux Klan. The Democratic Party's record is generally uh, one of injuring the United States of America, overwhelmingly. Not all, there were certainly some wonderful Democrats like Henry Jackson, the great senator from Washington. In some ways, but only in some ways, John Kennedy. John Kennedy is the one who allowed government workers to unionize, which began the long process of the destruction of a public life, of public service in the United States. but uh when i grew up democrat was not as identified with destruction as it has been so once again i blame the voters of pennsylvania for for electing this man he's not a good man in my opinion and i i i don't care you don't like his opponent i never vote on whether I like someone. I can't believe how childish that that is. Oh, I don't like Trump. I don't give a damn if you like Trump. It is of no consequence. Do you like your oncologist? Does it matter? I asked this the whole time. Is that how you chose, if God forbid, someone you love had cancer, did you choose your oncologist based on whether you liked the person? Choose your pilot based on likability. Should should United Airlines choose it? By the way, they are going to begin choosing based on likability. The, if you're the right race or sex, 50% of flight, uh, flight school piloting uh, under United Airlines will be reserved for women and people of color. Just how you want your pilots. By the way, do women and people of color want their pilots? To be chosen based on that basis? Of course not. That's the irony. Senate drops the dress code enforcement as John Fetterman continues to work in shorts and sweats. Clothing matters, ladies and gentlemen. I have been talking about this all of my life. America was a better place when when people went to baseball games nicely dressed. You will say, well, that overdid it. You, you, You don't have to go in a in a suit and tie to a baseball game. I understand that. That is correct. But between the two excesses, the way people come on airplanes now, shorts and t-shirts, the civilization is composed of many things. One of them is the way people dress. Whenever they've adopted dress codes for students, grades improved and discipline improved. Kids behave better. Our clothing affects us, not just the society, it affects us. I've been wearing a suit, not suit. I've not been wearing a suit. I've been wearing a, a shirt and tie all of my broadcast career. It's only very, very recent that talk radio is now televised. My wearing a tie precedes it by decades because I thought it was a way to honor my job and honor the people I work with. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has ordered the Senate dress code to stop being enforced. But the change only applies to senators and not working staff. Why would that be? Why would that be? As Senator John Fetterman continuously takes criticism for appearing in the U.S. Senate in shorts, t-shirts, and hooded sweatshirts, Schumer directed the Senate's sergeant-at-arms no longer to enforce a dress code for its members. Well, you should be proud of Fetterman, because it doesn't matter. That's what the Democrat will say What difference does it make, Dennis? It's the job, the job a senator does, not whether they're wearing shorts and t-shirts. Mm. The blindness to what matters in society is remarkable. That's what was said about teachers. Let them wear shorts and T-shirt to class, so long as they teach well. Why does it? Why does it matter for kids? My younger son went to a private Jewish school uh, for a couple of years, for for some years, and actually it, it was it was it, it was a relatively good school. And the, the principal, I'll never forget, I liked her, well, a good woman. But she said, I'm sorry, Dennis, I really don't agree with you. I, I don't believe in a dress code for the kids. Hmm? No dress code for the kids. Doesn't matter. As I've said, there is very little wisdom on the left. Senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit, Schumer said like it matters. Senators can now wear whatever they want. However, others entering the chamber must comply with the dress code. Coat slash ties for men, business attire for women. Hmm. Yeah. Generous interpretations of the Senate floor dress code can only stretch so far before you have to square up and make formal changes, a former Senate staffer said. Okay, so Fetterman and Schumer, congratulations. That's what we want, senators wearing shorts and t-shirts. Actually, it would be instructive because it would be almost only Democrats who wore shorts and t-shirts. It would be a physical illustration of what they represent The shattering of norms. That is why remember, in every leftist there is a God. There are many gods. There are many false gods. One of the gods is change. They yell at the Republicans and Conservatives for being against change. Well, that is true. We're against unnecessary change. They are for change for change's sake. We are only for change when it improves. But it's hard to improve on Shakespeare. It's hard to improve on Beethoven. It's hard to improve on the way kids were taught to read and do math. It's hard to improve. But they don't, they don't believe in improve. They believe in change. Well, listen, by the way, this is not just true of the Democrats. This is a fascinating, it's been fascinating to me how many Christians have called my show, uh, large, and I'm honored by a Christian audience, who say it doesn't matter what you wear to church, God doesn't care. I mean, that's actually what vast numbers of Christians in America believe. They've been infected by liberalism in that way it doesn't matter what you wear to church so when you go to pray uh, and you go with your fellow religionists your co-religionists to church you dress far less formally than you would for a wedding or if you were one of the quote-unquote lucky ones and got invited to the Oscars. So doesn't it say that you value a wedding or the Oscar ceremony far more than God and the church? Why would you dress up for the Oscars but not for church? The, this is part of the egalitarianism of our time. I guess there's a certain inequality. It's like not all clothing are, cr- are created equal or not all clothing is created equal. Well, anyway, can't say John Fetterman didn't accomplish something. He did. A funny call here from Helen in Philadelphia. She looks forward to seeing members of Congress in torn jeans. Well, thanks to the Democrats, the day may not be far away. That's correct. Yep. Do we have our guest on, uh, gentlemen? Yes, no, maybe, no. Okay. Hopefully we will. He is the superintendent of schools in Oklahoma. Uh, Let's see here. Chicago, and Ray. Hello, Ray.
3: Hi, Dennis. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you.
3: Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say, you posed that question about sending your kid to school where they uh, would vote a homecoming queen as a boy. Right. I would definitely not send my child there, because if that school believes that science is real, and I say that with their quotes, but it doesn't apply to genders, yeah, no, that's not the message I'd want my child to to be taken in, where, oh, I'll... boy can be a homecoming queen. No. There's two genders and this whole woke ideology. Do you have kids? I do. I, do. I have a uh, newborn, so I'm, I'm very worried oh, about Yeah. do it.
2: Well, I am curious then. What are you planning to do with regard to school?
3: Um, Private school is the way that I'm going to go. Yeah, but most um,
2: private schools are as awful as public schools.
3: I know. I know, and I'm very worried. So I'm going to try to be as involved as I can with the curriculum and, and find out what they're teaching because... Um, I'd like to go the homeschooling route, but I don't even know where to begin with that. And like, I love all the videos you have on PragerU, it's, it's very informative, very educational. So definitely going to gear, uh, Mm -hmm. have my child watch that when Mm -hmm. she's old enough.
2: Well, good. That's a good choice. The homeschool community has so many resources now to make it so much easier than it used to be to homeschool your child. And I appeal to grandparents to say to your child, if you have the the funds, obviously, we'll make up the difference if there's any loss of income for you to homeschool your child. Okay, well, I have a man I've been really aching to speak to for a few weeks now. Ryan Walter is a superintendent of education for the state of Oklahoma. He's been the driving force behind getting Prager U certified in his state. And he, uh, to say the least, has been taking a lot of heat. Let me say to you, sir, we've never met, but I, I certainly hope we do one day. You and I may be the two most hated people in Oklahoma right now.
4: <laughs> well... Well, Dennis, I will say, though, it's, it's being hated by uh, all the right people, because what, uh, what PragerU is going to do is allow our kids to understand our history, understand what makes America great, inspire them through the story of America. And so I'm very proud to, uh, to have PragerU in, in all Oklahoma schools.
2: I have uh, fo- been following what's happening in Oklahoma avidly. And is there a newspaper in the state that has welcomed this?
4: no sir there hasn't um you know we have some uh, conservative outlets that have been very helpful i'm telling you, you know your your most oklahomans have been thrilled we've gotten such a response from good conservative traditional teachers parents are so excited about these resources being in the classroom uh so so we've seen a lot of excitement from people from just your average uh, oklahomans Uh, but the media has, I mean, they have just tried to create this outrage and controversy and I've pushed on them every time to say, guys, show me what's controversial about actually pushing back on woke indoctrination and actually letting kids hear directly from our founders with good context, introducing kids from early ages to some of these great Americans. Uh, you know, but, but the corporate media, uh, they, they absolutely hate it. May I call you Ryan? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I would love to come to Oklahoma and uh, have a press conference and have all the haters of your decision confront me. Sir, is it true that you and your organization defend slavery? Sir, are you hate-filled? I mean, let the, let them pose it at the devil himself, Prager of Prager you. But you know what, the odds are they wouldn't show up because they know that I will make them look like the liars and haters that they are. All we produce is wholesome, loving material. That's all we produce.
4: Well, and I can't thank you enough for the product because here, here's the other thing. We've been fighting in Oklahoma to get you know, all these elements, teaching kids to hate our country, teaching kids that there's 27 genders when they're in their first grade. We've been fighting to get those things out, but here's been the problem. Hold on, There's, tell th- tell we, us we the better... problem
2: in a moment. I I I have a heartbreak. break. Uh, I am honored to have Ryan Walters the superintendent of education for the state of Oklahoma on the line.
0: The child,
2: where the baby blues birds fly. Superintendent of Schools of Oklahoma is on the line with me, Ryan Walters, and uh, I feel like I know you by now. You probably feel like you know me because <laughs> we're, we're we're sort of cajoled at the hip. Y- you know, I want you to. Uh, I, I know you wanted to make a point. Please don't forget it. But I just wanted. Uh, this is something I wanted you to put in your arsenal, in your ammunition, to respond. How much they fear five minutes of a video when they have their students all year long proves that they, they cannot handle an intellectual challenge. I just thought I would throw that at you. That's why they don't want even five minutes. That's why they don't want people like me at a university for 90 minutes. Because they know deep down will undo
4: all of their propaganda in 90 minutes. You know, that's that's exactly right. You know, what we've seen here is, you know, the left that is just they know they know that if there's just an open forum for ideas, they're going to lose because Mm -hmm. we've got truth on our side. We have history on our side and you know and uh, and of course Dennis i i would love to have you in Oklahoma you tell me the time and and i would love to be there and you're going to have a lot of moms and dads in Oklahoma very excited to see you and, and very welcoming of of the product that you've brought into their schools and this is what i was kind of saying before the break about the the core problem Yet the left is dead set on pushing this radical gender theory in our schools critical race theory all all of this but but we've got to do more than stop it. The reality is, is we've got to be proactive. We've got to play offense. We have to get the culture back. And that starts with not just stopping the left, but actually proactively teaching our students about American exceptionalism, getting them to be thinkers, actually teaching from the founders the core principles that we built into this country and then frankly it is you know i'm an old history teacher by the way i do feel like i know you because i was showing my classes prager u videos years ago and i've been showing my kids prager u videos at night and so i have been able to show my students my own children these videos that have inspired them to get them thinking about history get them thinking about these incredible individuals throughout our history and i've always as a teacher and as a parent Try to encourage my kids to live up to that. You know, this is a country that is going to be the greatest country in the world as long as we continue to hold those principles dear. And your product is allowing our kids to have that conversation, to be exposed to that type of curriculum. And that's why they hate it so much, because it undermines their very ability to control our kids through an indoctrination in our schools.
2: They cite all the time one of our videos for kids of Leo and Layla, two kids who go back to, in the past uh, through a time machine and they meet figures who live like Christopher Columbus and Christopher Columbus says to them among uh, among other things that well you know slavery isn 't that bad, everybody does it so I, I just I explained to my listeners, but I just want to tell you the the inherent dishonesty of attacking us for it. If we had Columbus say, oh, that's a terrible thing, slavery, we would have been lying. He didn't think it was terrible. He was a man of the 15th century. So the irony is, if we had Columbus say, oh, slavery is awful, they would have said, we're whitewashing Columbus. So it's it, 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 the inherent dishonesty of the attacks. And by the way, when Leo and Layla say, well, we came from the future. And in fact, they abolish it. He said that's terrific, but they never quote that.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, because again, they're so the left is so dishonest with this. They don't want real history to be taught. They don't. They have their indoctrination and in, in the way they want to put it in the classroom. And you're not going to win if you're doing history, uh, you know, appropriately with context. Again, that that is how Columbus would respond, which is why you're trying to give your kids that context. And again, history is about learning from the heroes in history and being inspired by them is also understanding that the context in which they live and understanding like, you know, look, we're gonna be honest with you about when people made mistakes and, and where that was in that context and why they believed what they believed. For students to have that kind of intellectual understanding, but the left, it didn't matter. You know, if you were exactly if you were to come out and have Columbus, you know, denounce it, they would have they would have hammered you for it. If you would have had him come out and, and, and say, hey look, this is what I believe what they want is everything pushed through their lens what they want is a you know and again this is really the first time here in the last few years that we've actually seen conservatives take it to the left and actually play offense and say look here's what we're going to do here's what we're actually going to teach our kids here's what we're, we're going to actually stand up across and i love this too dennis all of your videos are available for parents. I keep telling parents, guys, the, the media is trying to convince you these are terrible. I would suggest you go and watch them yourself. And we've been getting emails and phone calls to the agency going, we love these videos. What are, the, what are the TV reports saying these are bad for? We've been watching them at home with our kids. So I love the transparency of it. But, you know, parents have woken up to this nonsense from the media.
2: Well, you would know that better than I. And I'll I, I, I tell you, I... I I so admire your courage. Uh, you know, you're you're one of these outliers, as I often tell my listeners, who make a difference in a society. So I am definitely, if your invitation, and I, I know you mean it, but if if it's realistic, I am going to come to Oklahoma. And, and it would be it would be a wonderful uh, day or evening. Uh, with uh, with teachers if they want to come, with parents who certainly would want to come, and with you. So we'll, we'll work that out.
4: I, I would love to do it. And Like I said, you will get a warm reception. You will get to hear from so many parents and grandparents that mm-hmm. are so excited that we're yep. telling the real story of America.
2: Exactly. You know what they particularly mock? You know what is fascinating? Because I read all, all the hate. Uh, and it's from everywhere, from the New York Times, the LA Times, CNN, and, and of course, the whole... World Daily Beast and, and Daily Kos and all, all, everybody. Uh, Rolling Stone. And do you know one of the videos they always mention that they hate? We have a video titled, How to Fold an American Flag. Isn't that fascinating that they hate that?
4: Tells you a lot about them, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it is right. it is truly an attack on our values. I mean, that's what it is. It's an attack on our values, our families, our faith. They don't want any mention of our rights being endowed by our Creator. They don't want any patriotism. Heaven forbid our kids be proud of our country. That's right. And so you just, you are right over the Bless you. you, you Yes,
2: bless you, Ryan Walton. Hi there, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I have a particular affection for the following guest i've known him for quite a number of years which is an achievement cuz he's not old enough to know that many years but he's accomplished an immense amount at any age let alone for his age will wit one of the most popular people who ever did a a prageru video and he did dozens and they're still legends people still say to me ah will wit love the guy as if he's still with Prager U, which in some ways, in spirit, he is. But he has moved on and he is doing great, great work in Florida. And now he has a really important book. I'll tell you how important I think it is. I wrote the foreword to it. So, folks, I don't have a lot of extra time to do writing. When Will asked me, I was honored, and I was happy to do it. The book is "Do Not Comply." It comes out tomorrow. "Do Not Comply," taking power back from America's corrupt elite. Will Witt, congratulations! You told me you were just on Megyn Kelly, and I hope you're on everybody's show. To be honest.
5: I'm trying to be. I just got to call them all first. And then once they, they answer my call, I'll try and get on all of them.
2: Yes. As, as indeed you should. I, I was struck. I want my listeners to know this by the amount of work you put into it. I'm an author. I, I know when people sort of talking to a recorder, you know, and then uh, the, uh, the book has come out with some, and then there, there, some of these are fine books. But then there are books that took an immense amount of research, which yours did. You back up everything you say with a source. That, that,
5: I assume it was hard work. It was really hard work, and thank you, Dennis, for even having me on and writing the four of the book. You know how much it means to me. I do spiritually feel like I'm still at PragerU because so much of what I put into this book and the research comes from things I learned while working for PragerU and things I learned from you. It's why you're such a, a mentor to me and, and why I wanted you to write this forward. But yes, this book did take a very long time, and it took a lot of really hard work and a lot of late nights where I was there having to – some nights I didn't even write anything because I was just researching, trying to mm-hmm. make sure I got all the facts right write about big pharma or the media or or big tech or whatever it was and as you know at the end of the book i get very personal and talk about things that i've never talked about before and and these this took a long time to write and get it the way that i wanted to but i feel like you said you've known me for many years i really feel like this is a culmination of everything that i've learned and everything i really wanted to put out over all these years that i've known you and have been working in this field
2: you did it's really magnificent again folks the book do not comply. It is, of course, you get it straight from Amazon if there's still a bookstore in your area. I do wonder, though, Will, it is interesting, if there is a bookstore in people's areas, will they carry it? What do you think?
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Any Barnes and Noble. Oh, they you do think Pop- that they, they, they won't? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Good,
2: good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, that, that's yeah. good. So I, I want to ask you uh, an emotional question. In other words, a question directed to your emotions as much as to your intellect, when you write about the the uh, corrupt elite, do you get some sense of despair? Because I got to tell you, when I was your age, I did not think that America's elite was universally corrupt. So I I I always want to know someone. You're how old are you?
5: Twenty seven. Okay, from a week ago. Yeah.
2: Happy birthday, belatedly. Thank you. So Thank I, I am truly curious, how does it affect you, just as a human being, as an American human being, to know how corrupt, you, you mentioned Big Pharma, the, the, the medical establishment, I mean, just to take two areas that people, the CIA, the FBI, the CDC, I mean, the media. So how does it affect you?
5: To me, it makes me quite cynical sometimes. I see the world at large, and I see so much sin, I see so much evil, I see so much corruption, and it makes me think, wow, are there really any good people out there who have my best interests at heart? And. If there are any good people, are they in positions of power who can actually help me? Are they just my friends and and family, people who I I know and work with? It makes me feel somewhat also apathetic towards a lot of the political world. That's why you read the book. The last half of the book is very, I guess you could say, religious and philosophical on the things that I think really matter. I didn't write it as just, here's another Republican book about why Biden sucks. I, I wrote it as a, what I would say, evergreen book on how to save our humanity you know that's much more important i feel than than getting the next republican in office and so when i see our elites being so corrupt and all of this it really makes me think okay if the world around me is so corrupt and and filled with these people who care nothing about me what can i do in my own individual life to make myself the best person that i can be especially the best person i can be in the in the eyes of god and if i do that then sometimes you know despite my body or mind being broken what the elites do to me won't really matter, and I hope we can all have that kind of mindset. So, how do you how do
2: you react to the onslaught of hatred directed to your terrific governor for allowing Florida schools to use PragerU materials? And I'll put it to you more specifically: Were you surprised at the avalanche of hate?
5: Uh, no, not surprised whatsoever. Of course, when you're fighting for the truth, you can never really be surprised that people hate you. I mean, Jesus said they hated me first, so of course they'll hate you afterwards. Not that PragerU is, you know, Jesus-centered in what they're doing, but the, the, the principles are the same, that if you are saying what is actually true, trying to actually do good for the world, help people, people are going to hate you. Because there are people in this world who want to see the world dominated by their power. They want to be the new gods of the world. They want to decide the morality that is subject over America. And if you have things like PragerU, like my new book, like like Charlie Kirk and other people like that who are doing good work, and those are allowed to, to populate and be in people's minds, it's not going to be very beneficial for the elite that I talk about in my book. So, of course, we're going to get hatred for those things. But I'm incredibly proud of PragerU for getting there. Their their materials supplementary in Florida schools. That's a huge step in the and right now, direction. And
2: now Oklahoma, and they're trying for Texas, as, as, as I'm sure you know. And New uh, Hampshire, New Hampshire too. And New Hampshire, that's right. Yes, yes, good. Mm-hmm. If I can't keep track of the states, it's a very good sign.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Your your governor is a man of real courage. He's not a charismatic individual, like I care. So I always ask people, do you, do you care if your oncologist is charismatic or do you care if he, if he or she can cure cancer? He knows there's a cancer in the country.
5: Well, it's kind of funny because that same argument, I remember you used that same argument with Trump. That's right. It was, do you care Do you care if Trump is, you know, a, a, a mean guy, a jerk, but he can cure your cancer? And it was like the same argument that we used for Trump. Now with Trump, what we're seeing, especially for me personally, when it came to the vaccine stuff, and now these latest comments on abortion, it seems like, hey, maybe he is not suitable for fixing that cancer that we talked about. And Ron DeSantis, maybe he doesn't have the most charisma. Maybe he's not the most likable guy, but, you know. What are you going to do? Ulysses S. Grant was the mo- wasn't the most likable guy, and he helped win battles for the Union and and all this. You know, it's, it's the same type of deal. I care much more about the values and and getting things done than the overall charisma. It
2: strikes me as childish to to pre- in any way be preoccupied with is a candidate likable. I mean, isn't the country infinitely more important than the likability of a candidate? By the way, I don't find him not likable at all, but I'm just I, I acknowledge you know he he doesn't have the same charisma as Donald Trump does or, or even some other candidates. But who cares what he has done, the courage there and, and just appointing Joseph Ladapo as the Surgeon general of your state. so yeah. tell people about your work in Florida.
5: Yeah, so I am the editor-in-chief of a newspaper that I started here in Florida called The Florida Standard, where we talk about Florida local news, culture, politics, and then all the stuff that's going on with the election in 2024 as well. You know, a lot of focus is, of course, on Ron DeSantis because I'm in Florida. That's what our newspaper does. But, you know, in in terms of what you were just talking about with Ron DeSantis and and what matters— We've elevated politicians to a level of celebrity that I don't think we've really ever had since, like, ancient Rome and, and some of these emperors that we had. We've given them this power. We've given them this hubris. It's time for us to remember that these are public servants, not celebrities or, or anything like that. We pay their salaries through our taxes. They're essentially our employees. They should really start to remember that.
2: That's right. That's what's what should be remembered. How is the Florida Standard doing?
5: We're doing very well. It's been quite crazy. I was just able to hire on two new journalists, and we've kind of become a place of, of uh, how would you say it, like... Not maybe canceled, but people in Florida journalism who'd never really had a place in the Tampa Bay Times or the Orlando Sentinel, Miami Herald. And so they come to us and say, hey, look, I'm a journalist and I love your guys' values, but none of the other ones will take me. Do you have a place for me? And we say, yes, you know, we want the truth out there. All so right, folks, kind of let, me, let me remind
2: you all, th- this book is coming out tomorrow. It's, it's very significant, and I wrote the foreword. Do not comply Taking power back from America's corrupt elite, Will Witt, back in a moment. (music) Will Witt is a terrific young man doing, if he were an old man, he'd be terrific, but he happens to be young. And he is uh, his book that is uh, coming out tomorrow. Do not comply, taking power back from America's corrupt elite. It is up at denisprager dot com, or you can go straight to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you get a book. It doesn't matter, but it is it is an important book. Read the reviews that people have really gone overboard, and I've written the foreword to it, and believe me, I'm asked to write the foreword to a fair number of books. I just don't have the time, but I took the time for Will because of my affection and respect for Will Witt, but because the book is so important. So let's get into the book itself, Will. I'll, I'll ask a question you probably were not asked by any interviewer. And I, I, it's not a brag. It's just a curse to me. It's not the sort of question people might think is there an elite institution that is not corrupt in America
5: today that is a very good question you're right i haven't been asked that yet so far in my interview circuit but i don't think so because i think that humanity i mean we're we're naturally just like you say we're not naturally born good and so we have to fight against that inherent not goodness, I suppose you could say, inside of ourselves to really do something great. And so you can have good people in all these institutions, like like the teachers' union is a, an institution that is incredibly corrupt and does lots of terrible work across this country. But I'm sure there are good people in the teachers' union, and there are plenty of good teachers who do good work, but the institution overall has been corrupted by men and, and worldly values. And so I think that when you look at some of the hierarchies that we have developed here in America... By men, you meant it,
2: human beings... Because it's yes, mostly by women.
5: <laughs> exactly. I should have just said women. You're right. Developed by women in this country have essentially been turned into, you know, places where they can get away with sin and, and do all of these things.
2: Well, that's why I, I, my opening question to you was how dispiriting is this to you as a young person to see this uh, occur? I mean, 51 Intelligence heads signed a letter two weeks before the 2020 election saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. So the only question I have is not whether our intelligence agencies are corrupt, FBI, uh, CIA, uh, DIA, etc. It's when they wrote this, did they know they were lying? I don't have an answer to that. Do Do you have a thought?
5: Yeah, I have a thought. I think that it goes both ways. I think some of these people know they're lying, some don't. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. No, no, not at all.
2: I th- you're probably right.
5: Yeah, it, you know, you look at some of these people, these young people nowadays who believe in something like communism, right? I talk ferociously about this in my new book these young people believe in communism and i feel bad for many of them because many of them don't really understand but they go along with the evil anyway but that means if, if they like communism they know about it that means there's probably a professor who knows exactly what he's doing who's telling these students about communism for some sort of purpose some sort of agenda so i think it can be a mix of both you have some people who are kind of just the the people in the shadows who are pulling all the strings doing this and then you have the the sorry people who unfortunately get caught up in all of it.
2: So I'm going to put you on the spot here and and whatever you answer, I want to even consider if you don't have an answer that you're evading it. There may not be an answer, but I am curious. Do you believe there are Republicans who would take on the corrupt deep state?
5: In Congress right now? Is that what you're
2: saying? to? uh, No, no. Well, I, I mean it three ways presidential candidate in Congress and in general?
5: Um, You know, I I think Ron DeSantis actually would try and do the best job. And I think Trump would also do a good job if given the chance, because I think Trump would want people to think that he did a good job dismantling the deep state, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, But in terms of anyone in Congress, maybe Thomas Massey is is a good guy who who would do something. Um, But other than that, I can't really think of anyone who who has that agenda in mind who really wants to help you know they care much more about getting viral on Twitter with videos of them talking how bad leftism is and actually doing something against that leftism so again I'm very cynical about most of our leaders which I hate to be so cynical I hate to see our leaders and 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 think they're they're so terrible but this is just what has kind of happened and a lot of young people feel the way I do I promise
2: so this is a disturbing issue are, are there republicans aware of the deep state so th- there again we have a few options they're aware of it but they're not fighters cuz the f- the pushback would be so intense they're naive and not aware of it uh i guess those those are uh, those are your two biggest options so what, what is your take on that? What, what, what do you think? They are aware, but they're not fighters? Or are they part of the system? Are they, are they, and I'm, by the way, I'm not leading to that answer. I just want to know what you think.
5: I think they are part of the system. I think, I wrote in my book in the America's Political System chapter, I wrote about how politicians, if they want to play the game, they have to play the game. Anyone who doesn't play the game doesn't get to play. And so what I mean by that is that there are certain rules and standards that if you are a congressman, if you are a politician, rules that you have to play by. If you want to get funded for your campaign, you have to take a lot of money from a lot of organizations that probably aren't too good for the country. And at least they're doing, if not just not bad for the country, they're doing it for their own selfish gains and essentially are just buying out our politicians for the most part. I wish the Republican Party really represented conservative values. I would get behind the RNC and the GOP 100% of the time and and devote all my effort to to defending this country through party politics. But because I do not see party politics with the Republican Party doing what I believe would actually make my life better, I find it very hard to get behind them and really support them.
2: Okay, so let's say you became emperor, not just president, emperor of the country. What would you do? Sounds nice. Yeah, I agree.
5: Yeah. If I became emperor of the country, I think that this might sound extreme to some people. Again, I write about this in the book. But if you read the Bible, God's law is perfect. If you believe in what is in the Bible, that means God law, God's law is perfect. You know, all of these things are in there. And so I would create a system of government as emperor that honors God's law. That says this is what God ordained on this earth. And how can we All right, it so that? All right, you'll give me some examples
2: most- when we come back. I want to promote the book, if that's okay. I'm sure yep. <laughs> Do not comply. <laughs> it is up at DennisPrager.com and anywhere books are sold. Will Wit. Final segment with Will Witt whose book comes out tomorrow, Do Not Comply. It's about the elite. I asked him if he were emperor, what he would do. That was where we left. I did not expect your answer. So explain that. You would you would like to see, as it were, God's law reign in the republic. So I does, would. Does that mean yes. a theocracy? What, Or does it mean that the legislature be guided by biblical principles? Or what does it mean?
5: I think guided by biblical principles. I mean, I think that you can have laws and legislation that reflects God's law. I think that, you know, for someone like me to come on and, and say this, I think shows just how, how anti-biblical the West has become. We've created this new technology. We've, we've had all this science and medical innovation. We say, well, I guess God is forgotten. I guess God is not real. It's as Nietzsche said, you know, God is dead. And, and we have killed him. So you get rid of God in the West, and then you have leftism as a religion that people create. I just want to see us get back to a place like it's been in, in Europe for thousands of years where, where God is put on a pedestal and said, listen, his, his law is perfect. How can we reflect that in how we legislate? I know Europe didn't have a perfect system, but I think we as Americans can do it better.
2: Well, one of the mottos of this country is there's e pluribus unum for many one liberty and in god we trust and it's been that way on our coins for for most of our history Uh, it's not exactly a radical idea Uh, obviously you don't want religious tests for office and so on you can't i assume because that's not allowable by our constitution but uh for for example folks it's funny. I want to. I want to. You'll love this, Will. I want you. You know, many people put out a bumper sticker with the the, the quote from John. Uh, I, I would like to put out a bumper sticker with a, with a verse from Deuteronomy. Then people will look it up and they will go, "A man shall not wear women's clothing, and a woman shall not wear men's clothing." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody knows that it's even. I mean, there's a good example? Uh, uh, I. It, it's. I mean, you you can't. I wouldn't arrest. A drag queen but i certainly wouldn't bring them to five-year-olds or or for 15 year olds for that matter they don't belong in schools I mean, just to, to give an example you you know i reported earlier another another male was voted homecoming queen at a kansas city high school
5: it's kind of strange that the male is not embarrassed for getting nominated queen i mean maybe that's just me thinking of how i would feel if i was nominated as homecoming queen i would i would feel rather embarrassed but i think we have this this leftist culture that's so prevalent prevalent and so ingrained in people's minds that that's not even a concern to them and i think that what you were talking about with you know the the bible verse in deuteronomy not wearing other people's clothes 20 years ago you never heard the word transgender before and now you can't go 10 seconds without seeing a transgender online or hearing the words about it or a debate politically about it. And there's a reason for this. It's because this is what the elites that I talk about in my book, this is what they want. They want to continue to take away all these things away from you. And it's that slippery slope at work again.
2: It does seem that they do revel in chaos, doesn't it? Yes. Well, Will, you're doing great work. You really are in Florida. And it's uh, I'm honored that I wrote the foreword that you asked me to. The book is Do Not Comply, Folks. The subtitle is Taking Power Back from America's Corrupt Elite. And how sad. Well, don't get down, Will. Really, don't get down. Cause
5: it, oh, I'm not, no. Okay,
2: no. good man. Yeah. And on a personal note, are you happy in Florida?
5: I'm very happy in Florida. I love it here. I miss L.A. sometimes, for sure, but I do love it here in Florida. It's a great place to be. I feel very free. You are. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. There's a
2: reason I for feel that way, feeling. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Or California <laughs> yeah. generally. No. That's exactly right. Well, I love it here. God bless you. We'll keep up the great work, and I hope the book is a major bestseller.
5: Hey, God bless you, Dennis. Thank you again for having me on and for writing the foreword truly a mentor to me it means a lot thank you that means a lot thank you sir
2: folks I, one of the one of the inspiring things you got to admit about my show is all the young people i have on who are doing great work male and female and if you realize what i do that it's never been different it is not the the, the multitude of people who do good it's it's certain number of individuals. Then you realize, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, as King Solomon put it. I wish there was something new under the sun. <laughs> I wish we could have a whole series of generations where reason and goodness prevailed.